It was at this moment that he knew. He bucked up. Welcome. You're listening to Bucked Up with Sam Buck. I got connected with his team. We started discussing the whole, like, you know, pop up before uh, it was my birthday. And then June 4th, it was my birthday. I decided to just, like, kind of, like, you know, 30 years old, mm-hmm. kind of, like, run away from New York, go to LA. Yeah. As soon as I'm landing in LA, um, I actually went with uh, one of my mentors and a friend of mine, uh, Daryl. He's one of the executive directors for, uh, he's executive director for ASAP Foundation. Okay. Uh, which is, like, you know, always strive and prosper. Uh, ASAP Yams, Yams Day. Yeah, you probably um, probably been to some of those shows. Yeah, rest in peace. Yams. Yeah, definitely rest in peace, Yams. And uh, uh, we landed on Monday. No, actually on a Friday on my birthday. After this long ass flight, you know, from New York to LA, I believe it's like what six six and a half yeah. hours. Mm-hmm. And then after that, we straight up from after landing, we actually got one hour earlier, which is super rare, you know, for those flights. Yeah. And then uh, as we landed. We went straight to Venice Beach, no, not Venice Beach, Venice Boulevard, to one of the taco stands to pick up a rental car. Uh, and uh, from uh, after we picked up the car, uh, we went straight up to Crenshaw and went to that spot called uh, Harum Coffee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Owned by Chase. Yeah. And Chase is one of the A&Rs that, um, if you remember back in the days, he's one of the A&Rs that found ASAP Rocky, you know, that were helping them, uh, helping them out in the beginning as a management team. And uh, he was also involved in the with the Benny the Butcher and the Griselda also, you know. So it was kind of like a coincidence that we started discussing with his team before beforehand about doing a pop up and meet and greet, uh, which we do often. <laughs> yeah. But uh, uh, but I never I never actually connected with him before, and I had a chance to actually meet up, you know, with Chase and go to Harun Coffee, you know, and I actually experience the Crenshaw and the culture of Los Angeles as soon as I landed the first day, you know. Yeah. And well, that's how we met was at the pop-up shop at your mm-hmm. shop 375 showroom. Yep, yep. So dope. And there it's crazy whenever there's Griselda events, people pop out, yeah. but that your play your store is yeah. wild. Like you yeah. have everything. Yeah. How did you did were you in you were you said you were into like the rap before clothing? Yeah, definitely. Well, uh after I graduated from college in like 2012, 2013, um um I decided to, well, as I told you, my major was social sciences and my minor was journalism, mm-hmm. uh, digital and print. And I was, and I had a passion for like writing and doing the digital, like blogging, websites and stuff like that. And I was like... Rap blogging? Not not necessarily, you know, like I was kind of like still, you know, like everybody as a student, once they graduate, they're kind of like trying to find their, um, part of a journey is to find kind of like your own language and mm-hmm. what you want to re- uh, write about. And what you want to talk about? Well, uh, fashion was my uh, was always my passion since I was like, I don't know, like three years old, you know, since I was like young. But hip hop, like I really love the hip hop. Well, first of all, I'm from a third world country, you know, I'm from yeah. Kazakhstan. Uh, and for us growing up, uh, I would say like 2002, 2003 were really important like times, you know, in the whole um, hip hop. Scene, yeah, you know, when Fifty yeah. Cent came out, you know, like, and the whole G Unit came out, and then you know, like, uh, the whole presenter, uh, you know, and uh, he, and for me, like, you know, growing up and like being a fan of hip hop, I got lucky to uh, intern for a smokers club, 
You know? Did you gr- you grew up in Kazakhstan? Yeah, I grew up in Kazakhstan. Did they ha- like? Were you able to? Were you getting that music out there? Yeah, hell yeah. Because back in the days, you know, like it was like uh, early internet stages. Uh, we had like a mega upload. You know, oh yeah, a lot of piracy going on. Oh like, yeah, well, media fire. Yeah, you could. Yeah, yeah. Like, I used to, but I used to collect like um, I used to, I used to collect the music on my on my hard drive. I had like one of the first hard drives with 120 gigs or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And I used to collect, uh, like actually organize everything by folders, by artists. And I would not only collect the albums uh, that I would download illegally, but I would also uh, have a whole discography of mixtapes too. Mm. Because at those times we had a dad piff coming out, you know. All um, those compilation tapes where DJs would, that's how I found out about so many artists is they would just put random people right yeah, in there. Exactly. And, uh, only uh, growing up and actually finished college in the U.S. And actually, I so I, I got an internship at Smokers Club. And I was doing like this little like a projects, you know, like at that time, um, one of my projects was uh, to do promo for Chronics and Protégé. Mm-hmm. He's like one of those, like, you know, Jamaican artists. Yeah. Uh, Chronics right now, I, I believe he's like new modern day, like uh, Bob Marley. They call yeah, him he's huge like now. He's yeah. Huge now. And but that by at that time I was actually uh, one of my assignments was to promote his first single, uh, "Who Knows," and that was kind of like my entrance to kind of like this world, you know. That I kind of like was like, okay, this is my chance to kind of like enter this whole world of music, entertainment industry. And uh, by chance, the same year. I got invited to one of the first Revolt conferences that uh, that they did a music conference in Miami. Yeah. In the Fountain Blue. So got my tickets, book it, flew out. Uh, it was a three-day conference. Um, I met a lot of people from the industry, like one of the OG, some of the OGs uh, that started up like a lot of you know um, that been affiliated with the MTV music industry. Uh, actually, I've seen. Um, one of the earliest Travis Scott performances. He actually oh. performed there too. When he was doing that like weird uh, de- devil shit. Yeah, yeah like the actually, Al- At that time, he actually dropped a uh, mixtape before Rodeo. Al Faro. Was that what it was? I think it was before Rodeo. Oh, Days Before Rodeo. Days before yeah, Rodeo. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, that one's a but great. But at that time, when, I, when, when he actually was performing, nobody actually knew him like that. Mm-hmm. And it was such a, such a cool vibe. So, you know, it was like in this bougie-ass hotel, Fountain Blue. Uh, it was such a cool vibes that actually before performing you could like just catch him like in the line for starbucks or something like that you know and actually i was in line uh for starbucks with him at that time i met travis scott early on he tried to uh, hook up with my girlfriend in front of me that's funny. <laughs> yeah, I was like, hey, that, it was before he was famous. Yeah, but that was a story that I actually share also because I was in line with him uh, for a coffee. Uh, Fountain Blue got this like a coffee, coffee shop kind of like on the first floor, mm-hmm. uh, like on the way to a uh, swimming pool. Yeah, and he wasn't standing in line with his girl at that time, and his girl was like this like uh, like a weird like a like a blunt chick, you know, mm-hmm. like yeah. super young. And uh, um, the funny part about it that there were like a lot of people that actually attended the conference. Yeah. And they were like, and you would never know who's actually in the industry and who is not because everybody kind of like looking fly. Everybody there kind of like for, you know, for bi- music business industry and uh, networking. And uh, there were like a group of guys passing by. And literally they were like, one of the guys was like screaming. He was like, oh, okay, I see you, Miley Cyrus. Like, <laughs> something like that. She was like super pissed. And Travis started laughing, dying. And I started da- laughing also with him. 
that's the only moment I actually share with him. After that, I remember like he got off the off the li uh, line and he went to the lobby, and I was like, oh shit, like it's a Kirko Banks, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, and I was like one of those like old school like uh, Houston. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, I love. What was like, that? Um, uh, leading my cup or something. Yeah, like that. yeah. He had so many good tracks. That and one with Freddie Gibbs. He had one with Freddie Gibbs early. I've never heard yeah. about that. All, all I know him by leading my cup, right? Yeah. This one song yeah, that he had. Yeah. And I was I like, and I was, and I went to a lobby. I was like, I was like, oh shit, this kid like talking to Kirko Banks, like <laughs> it's like a big deal, you know. <laughs> and like that day, I remember like it was kind of like crazy too because uh, that's the same day. I don't know if you guys gonna um, like research first Revolt conference, but that same day, Charlemagne the God got into a fight with Mace. I remember, okay. Like, I remember not in fight. It wasn't like a fist fight, but I remember that. I was walking to a lobby with my coffee. I see Travis Scott, Kirko Banks, like talking and stuff. And then everybody started running to a hallway in the back. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I just started walking slowly, you know? Like, I'm not one of those, like, you know, I'm from New York, so. Yeah, you're. I consider myself as I'm from New York because I've been living in New York for 12 years. You know, I identify myself as New York. You're a New Yorker, yeah. So <laughs> I came in 2009, you know? And, uh, yeah, and uh, didn't didn't leave New York, you know, for a long, uh, like a long term, uh, long time, you know. Were you doing fashion during any of this? Because you said you were so doing, I you loved fashion since you were like three. So I wasn't doing fashion, right? At that time, my, my passion was to be in the music, you know. As like an A and R. Uh, like I wanted to be like in the in the beginning, I wanted to be PR, maybe in you ever R try rapping? something, you know. You ever? Uh, <laughs> I mean, like I, when I was little, you know, yeah, but yeah, it wasn't yeah. a big deal, and. Uh, Honestly, also I had some friends from Kazakhstan that were like rapping at that time and actually making it too. Mm -hmm. Because now, like, we got to, like, okay, if you're looking at the uh, region of Kazakhstan, Russia, uh, actually a lot of, lot of famous, like, uh, rappers and producers come actually from my country and get all the awards and nominations in Russia. In the oh, Russian really? music industry, yeah. And the Russian rap scene is pretty yeah, big now. It is yeah. Big. Yeah. We got, uh, we actually got one of those, like, biggest uh, rappers right now. His name is Kryptonite. And he actually was opening for ASAP Rocky when he was performing in Moscow. He was like his opener and stuff like that. Oh, and, wow. But he's like one of the biggest like producers. He, he did like a, the jobs with like Diplo, stuff like that. Right now it's kind of like a mixy vibes, you know, with the hip hop. Yeah. And I feel like the whole hip hop situation is like music, right? Mm -hmm. It's universal language, you know? So like me growing up hip hop, like listening to rap, I studied English since I, since I was like in kinder, kindergarten, you know. Uh, luckily, I had like really good parents, you know, that were uh, make sure that I focus on the education. And yeah. for me, like you know, listening to rap lyrics and actually analyzing them since I was like 12, 11 years old, helped me to expand my you know English vocabulary and whatever you know, like the slang and got 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 me the feel of the culture, you know, yeah, the rap culture specifically. And I felt I felt like. Um, you know, I always had love for fashion since I was like little, and me graduating from college, trying to be in the music, but actually knowing the whole lingo and the culture of the hip hop, it actually got all mixed up, clashed, and that's exactly what happened with the fashion at that time also. So I just got lucky because it was like, I think it was like 2015, like six, seven years ago, you know, like um, I got lucky to, um, to actually meet one of the guys they were running a fashion company you know yeah and they used to sell like a lot of high-end brands they used to sell like uh tom force Hughes, brioni yoshi yamamoto margella you know mm -hmm. and at that time they actually invited me 
they knew I was working in music and stuff like that, and I was like kind of like mixing. Was that know? like uh, more like high fashion, or is it more like streetwear type high stuff? Fashion. Yeah. At that time, it was high fashion, because it was like 2015. I think that's when like streetwear was kind of like dying out, mm -hmm. because like when I was in college in 2009, it was a whole big movement of a streetwear era, where like you know like ASAP Rocky would mix up you know like brands like Black Scale, like Dope, you know Huff. Uh, not not necessarily like, he, he would not wear a Huff. Yeah. But, black scale like brands like black scale came out from huff you know mm -hmm. if you look in the history so like all of those like streetwear brands were kind of like a this whole new movement where like you know like rappers like asap rocky started mixing up high end with the streetwear and in 2015 i believe like that's when streetwear kind of like started like slowing down and people just and like a lot of stuff started happening you know like there was this guy virgil you know virgil Ivo, yeah of course obviously. yeah he was a big thing and at that time, basically, I got invited to his company, and they used to sell suits, mind mm -hmm. And uh, they told me, oh, okay, we started kind of like investing a little bit into sh uh, like a high-end streetwear. Mm -hmm. uh, and showed me some of the brands that they have. At that time, it was like 11 Burris B. John Saberi, you know, it was super high-end. Yeah. Like a Spanish kind of like dark brand. Mm -hmm. Yoshi Yamamoto, once again. Uh, well, White 3, you know, was kind of like Adidas Yoshi Yamamoto. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. at that time was big. But then they also had Buscemi, Giuseppe Zanatti, Givenchy, you know, like all of these brands that kind of like started getting into like, you know, sneakers and all this like, you know, kind of yeah. like early adoption of like a streetwear and high end, you know. Right. Before what like, it is now. Exactly. And they yeah. were like, oh, do you know these brands? I'm like, oh, yeah, I know most of these brands, like, you know, and I, I'm a really big fan, you know. Mm -hmm. And they were like, oh, can you can you help us to sell them? Because we we've been we've been selling, you know, like all the ladies stuff and all the high end and suits. But whenever we're able to actually sell like urban high-end stuff and in the beginning it was kind of like a once a week kind of thing you know they were like oh yeah just come through once a week you know just like you know like with uh, your artists or would it be like you had a pop-up or not even artists like it was just like a store you okay know? yeah and they were like oh just bring people uh, bring people in like you know sell whatever it is you know and uh we're gonna give you commission whatever it is you know first in the beginning it was like once a week uh after my first day i actually like you know started like compiling a notebook you were good at it? I was super good at it. I started writing down, like, you know, like, uh, people's names, mm -hmm. uh, their sizes, their favorite brands. So I would know, like, whenever I would receive some new stuff, I would know, like, just go through a notebook, kind of, like, you know, written down and kind of like, oh, this guy likes this brand and this size. I got his size. Let me call him or text him, whatever it is, you know? Yeah. And that notebook started piling up. After first week, they were like, oh, can you do three, to, three days a week? I was like, oh, yeah, I can do that. From three days a week, you went to four or five days a week, you know? At that time, it was funny because um, I kind of like still kind of hoping for music, in the, like working in the music. Yeah. And at that time, I was managing a friend of mine. His name is Ace Manuel. He actually a DJ and he's yeah. in the trap, uh, electronic trap music. Okay. So I remember like we, uh, we used to get like crazy ass gigs. Like um, I remember this like high end brand called Chromat. They bought like 40 seconds of his uh, 40 segments, second segments from uh, of his song. Oh yeah, and they actually paid us money too. They paid us like fifteen hundred dollars or something like oh, that. Oh shit! So you were like, and this I was is like, it. and I was like, oh shit! Like me, that's my first like you know like a deal as like a manager, and I'm gonna get my percent. <laughs> was you that know? your first artist too? Uh, it was like one of my maybe like second art. It yeah, was probably yeah. like second artist because I've been always in the mixy like in college and stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. But I was more into like even though I love hip hop and I always want to be in hip hop, but I don't know why. But it always would like lead me to like more like a rock music scene and then yeah. i would manage like a rock band which is a friend of mine's band called cousin the band and then 
I ended up uh, managing, you know, friend of mine, Ace, that I met in college. Yeah. That became a DJ and actually was pretty success, still su pretty successful at it. And we started getting gigs, like, you know, uh, getting booked up in a Webster Hall in the basement. At that time, Webster Hall was totally different as we know, it's, know it now. Yeah, yeah. Back in the days, Webster Hall, like during college days, it was like, it was more like a punk scene, you know, like it would be like some some space where like you go yeah, like it, grimy, it like yeah, yeah, grimy, yeah. you know, like super dirty bathrooms, you know, like with a fucking, you know, coke bags on the floor yeah, exactly. and all that stuff, yeah, yeah. you know. Now they kind of like revamp and trying to be like, oh, like, it's know, like classy. a real venue. Yeah, yeah exactly. now it's a classic. It was a real venue. Trust me. It was crazy in there, though. And uh, uh, yeah, like it was kind of like that time, you know, and. Uh, and as I was working more and more in, in the fashion and actually selling and actually mm -hmm. making money of that, I was kind of like slowly, slowly fading, fading away from like, you know, from Ace and like music because at that time I was like, oh, I couldn't focus on it, you know? Yeah. And Ace was actually like, you know, a little bit pissed because he was focused on like, you know, doing European tour for the first time. You know, he got gigs in Poland, Germany, you know, and he wants to go there because that's where the electronic music like uh, resides, you know? Yeah. And uh, at some point, you know, like we were, I went to one of his like you know house parties and he was like okay that's the last deal he paid me out and it was like yo like best of luck you know what i mean like we's, we're definitely gonna be friends but you cannot do music no more i see that you're more passionate about fashion yeah you're focusing you know? on that and uh doing sales about like a year i end up becoming a manager of the store um I, oh actually um uh, they opened a new store on the astor place so i ended up being manager out there well, no prior experience, you know, never. You just say, like, talk uh, Yeah, I just, I just, I just kind of like. But you, you had, know, like, a passion for it. it. Like... Exactly. I had a passion for it, and I was lucky with my mentors, you know. At that time, I met one of my mentors now. Her name is Zia Ziprin. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're going to Google her, she's, like, a shoe designer. Um, she was doing certain stuff for Recollins and, like, kind of, yeah. like, in that crowd, you know. And How did was... you get linked up with your mentors? She was just working. She was kind of, like, uh, she was cool with the owner. And owner would hire her to do like a, uh, like a merch a merchandising, yeah. you know, like displays, et cetera, et cetera. And she taught me how to do displays and merchandise and et cetera, et cetera. How to run a store, I, I learned through her daughter. So you were just learning that shit as you exactly, go. Exactly, as we yeah. go. And it's funny because at that time, you know, like slowly, um, like we would have some celebrity shopping with us, you know. Like I think one of my first celebrity uh, shoppers was Usher. And it was mad funny, you know, because um, that was my first experience. It was kind of like an evening time, mad chill, nobody's in the store, you know. And you can see, like, you know, his manager walking in. Um, manager, I don't know who that lady is, but she walked in with a phone, you know, like mad fast, pacing around, like looking around, looking around. She was like, okay, everything's clean, clean, you know, and then, like, she left. And then they came back with a whole crew. I was like, oh, shit. My security was like, uh, my security is Steven, who is still my security up until now. A really close friend of mine he was just like he showed me like sign like this you know like yo do you want to shut down the the door i'm like yeah shut down the fucking door yeah usher walking in you know he's looking he's trying a lot of stuff i think he bought this like he actually spent because it was closer to the towards like new year's so i think he was shopping for his family okay and he actually shopped you know for his kids uh, he bought some kids stuff he bought like this craziest tom ford messenger bag that he wanted a discount for <laughs> You know, he was like, okay, this bag is like $5,000, you know, he's like, yo, give it to me for like a thousand. I'm like, no. Can like, you finagle like high fashion? Like, is that like, like if I, like, is that like a thing in the... Yeah, it, it is a thing. 
Like it's like a uh, weed deal or something. It's like uh, I'm not gonna pay. <laughs> exactly because it's like oh, I already spending like ten thousand. Okay, you know yeah, what I mean, yeah. so you got to have some kind of space to mm-hmm. kind of like sell some stuff. You know, like uh, and then he actually bought one of the expensive pieces too. He bought one of those Gucci furs we had for twelve thousand dollars. You know, I don't remember retail value. I think maybe it was like eighteen thousand. Yeah. So he spent. You know. Yeah, he knew how. And yeah. for me, for me, that was like the first time I was like, wow, you know, and then. Uh, that was like our first time, you know, and it's not like I took his contacts or anything. He just came through, shopped and left, you know what I mean? So I don't have his contacts, none of that, you yeah. know? So uh, it was pretty interesting. And uh, slowly, slowly, uh, store, um, as a, I was a manager store, even though I was doing successfully, but for about a year, uh, company couldn't handle it no more, you know? They were like, oh, okay, we got to shut down the stores. I'm like, okay, whatever, shutting down the stores. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they were like, but we want to talk to you about something. No, we got, we got once, like, if you got like maybe 20 minutes of your time, I'm like, yeah, no problem. You know, <laughs> like, I'm about to lose jobs. So, whatever. Yeah, exactly. like, hey, You're like, yeah, talk to me. You I'll know? talk to you for 20 minutes. Yeah. They were like, and there was a big conversation. They were like, oh, okay, there's just this new umbrella, right? So, because every fashion brand is under a certain umbrella. Like, you know, you heard about LVMH, you heard about Gucci, these yeah. big corporations, you know? And obviously, um, in order to be in that industry, like to deal with those brands like Gucci, LVMH, you got to have certain relationship with them, right? Mm -hmm. Like as a buyer, essentially. At that time, it was pretty interesting times because um, there was this new umbrella that appeared. It called New Gars Group, right? So New Gars Group, if you're going to Google this umbrella, it's actually, at that time, it was, uh, they had four brands. It was Marcelo Berlon, County of Milan, uh, Hood by Air, uh, Off White and Palm Angels. Okay. So at that at that time, Hood by Air obviously was the biggest brand. Shane Oliver, you know, like uh, it was pretty known at that time, you know, for their collaborations and be like you know edgy brand with the craziest community around it uh, and New York scene, you know. Yeah. So we wanted to get into because of HBA and they were telling us, oh, and there's also this new brand. It's called Off White, right? by this guy Virgil, whatever it is. And this is before. That was before all everything. Was he happened. working at with Kanye at that point? Kanye West was he was creative director of Kanye West for like I think three albums at that time. Yeah. But at that time he just he just kinda like this guy that was buzzing social media because in the beginning they were like, oh he started off brand by putting prints on like, you know, uh bought out like Ralph Lauren uh, rugby uh, flannels, if you yeah. remember those times, you know? And reselling them for like six hundred like six times more, you know? And people were like, who the fuck is this guy? And you this know? is before that was like a thing? Yeah, like, so that was yeah. 2016, uh, their first collection, Fall Winter 2016 called Meadow Heights. So that was the first collection that they ever did as of white. Uh, it's uh, basically was like a lot of uh, hiking kind of like back, kind of like background. You know, you yeah. had like a lot of like a heavy, like a pants and like, you know, obviously they had this, you know, uh, cross on the back. Yeah. That's like the, the you know, that's a, a, a eccentric. <laughs> that's like essential thing for off-white and uh the whole collection was like you know they had like a brims and stuff like that but at that time Miami it was like a still kind of like the end of a streetwear right so mm-hmm. supreme is still popping so supreme supreme still got lines outside so people still resell supreme there was the whole culture going on on complex and everything they're like oh this whole reseller this is you know? before the bubble that was yeah that was exactly yeah. yeah and at that time they were like okay so we're getting this whole deal with new guards group they're giving us all the runway pieces and uh what can we do with it i was like okay let me take a look at the buyout you know i took a look at the buyout seen the numbers everything i was like yo like 
how long you guys got a store for left like you know rent mm-hmm. they're like oh we got like two maybe two three weeks left you know and we can actually extend like weekly if you want to i was like yo let's do a fucking pop-up they're like and just let's do sample sale like you know first off white sample sale you know obviously you got palm angels hood by air and those yeah, other yeah. brands and they were like yo like you think you can do it I was like, yo, like, give me like maybe like twenty minutes. Think about it. I kind of re- re- written down like you know in a notebook like what do, what would I need? I would need like a staff. What kind of staff I would need? What should I do? Inventory, everything. I was like, yeah, it's doable, you know. Give me like a week and a half, you know. So I started, you know, like obviously getting staff, uh, whoever I could get, you know. Went to a headquarters, started doing inventory of the new pieces, and I never seen those pieces ever before in my life. Mind me, that was the first collection of for off white, so nobody, nobody actually seen that, seen those pieces. You believe those. though it was gonna be big at that time? At that time, uh, I wasn't sure. Yeah. Like I was kind of like you know, kind of like in the beginning, and kind of like you were like they're I, taking a chance on me, so I'll take a chance on. Yeah, me. and it's funny, funny thing about it that. Um, we started kind of like rolling PR in the last minute. I got lucky to actually connect with the upscale vandal. Okay. Uh, Mike. Yeah. He actually a big influencer. Uh, shout out to Mike. He's an amazing dude. Uh, super creative. You know, like if you know, if, if you don't know his background, he actually uh, works with a, he actually known for working with Pharrell, Pusha T, uh, Vegas Jones. Oh, he wow. one of the creators of a paper planes brand, one of the originators of paper planes brand. And uh, working with Rock Nation hand to hand, and so he's uh, the real deal. He's a real deal. Yeah, yeah. You can, if you check him out on Instagram, he's a real deal. Uh, he also hangs out with Jay Balvin, you know, uh, because he's Colombian. Yeah. Well, from New York, Colombian, not like Jay Balvin, Colombian, yeah, Colombian, Colombian, Colombian. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, and uh, we're like, yo, Mike, like, can you like come through to our like opening and like maybe like I don't know. At that time, Snapchat was a thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And his Snapchat was actually big. He was like, yeah, my Snapchat is pretty big. Like, I can, I can just go live on the Snapchat, whatever, and show people pieces that you guys got. At that time, it was funny scene, too, because at that time, Grilled also started this new platform. Oh, yeah. That was the first year. And uh, we got connected with Grails also, you know. Um, and they signed up to uh, promote my pop-up. And that's the first and only... Um, physical location that they ever ever promoted really because this because, was before the real set resale market blew up like it exactly is now. yeah because at that time grail was kind of like oh yeah like a resale market you know obviously stock x starting up like go, now we got gold you know at that time grail was like not even focus on the obviously they were like making money of the resale mm-hmm. but their main focus was on the archival uh vintage uh high-end fashion stuff you know so now we got this off-white samples from the first collection and obviously we're selling them for a discounted because it's a samples. Yeah. And samples means means that they were using the runway. And literally some of them don't even have a boxes. Let's say it's like a heels. They're like all like, you know, kind of like uh used and uh yeah. most of the size is gonna be mediums, you know. And they decided to just promote us and everything. And they actually promote us, made a whole article about it. And I remember that night before we opened up. Before opening, I was there with Upscale Vandal, kind of like looking through pieces. Uh, and uh, uh, and uh, at that time, Grail, they were like interviewing, kind of like asking like, oh, what you guys got? Like, and, you know, like asking me all kind of questions. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, oh, what's the name of the company? I was like, oh, shit. Like, I didn't, I got an opening next day and I didn't even come up, I didn't even come up with a name, you know? 
I came out outside to smoke a cigarette. You're like, I wrote all these things in my notes, but not in Literally, name. dude. Yeah. And I came out outside, right, to smoke a cigarette. <laughs> and it's like a midtown Manhattan. And I'm looking at the address. It's 375 Lexington Avenue. I'm like, all right, so let's do 375, you know? 375 showroom. Nah, yeah, exactly. So 375, in the beginning, it was 375 pop-up. So 375 was like uh, everybody asking, what the fuck is 375? You know, 375 is actually our first location. You know, 375 Lexington Avenue. Yeah. Up until now, it's been six, seven years now. I got customers that came to my first pop-up. Oh. They actually come to my store. They're like, oh, Z, like, remember we met six, seven years ago. I came to your first pop-up. Oh, shit. And I was like, wow, that's big, you know. And I actually do have give extra discounts for people actually coming to my first pop-up to actually support me. Uh, my first pop-up, I, I had a big-ass line. I can actually show you a video. It's on my Instagram. So it was successful. It was successful. It was crazy. I had a line outside. I'm going to show you a video. I actually had people camping out for three days. Shit. And that was a line right here. And you see, like, uh, on the displays, it says 375. 375. You know? Wow. I don't know if you can get it. Yeah, no, I see the 375. No, but yeah. line is crazy. It doesn't stop. It just, yeah, it keep just going, keeps keep going. Keep going, keep going. It's a midtown Manhattan, so it's perfect. And you didn't think it was going to happen like this? Exactly, because everybody usually, like, you know, we're, we're going to do a pop-up. At that time, everybody everybody always focused on, like, Soho, you know? Like, mm -hmm. oh, I'm going to open a pop-up in Soho because they, they depend on traffic, you know? I wanted, I had a location in the midtown, which made me a little bit different because now I'm kind of, like, making a uh, destination point. Yeah. So now if you come in, in Miami, it's midtown, 40, 41st and Lexington, so it's, like, all corporate. On Saturday and Sunday, everything's closed. You can even, most likely, you can even get food out there because all, all the food courts are closed, uh, offices are closed, but so you... nobody in there. So it may be basically destination point, which mean which means if the person coming to Midtown taking the train, uh, they coming in, uh, they're taking the train. They actually coming in f because to shop with me. Mm -hmm. because there's nothing else in there yeah you know so, so they you actually, know yeah they know exactly so they know what they're coming for you know and everybody going crazy they're like oh what's going on a lot of people that actually uh came to shop if you look at the crowd you can see some you know like uh obviously uh a lot of like you know people that shopping for themselves but there's also a lot of resellers out there too so those resellers it was kind of like funny time at that time because uh I, as i told With the you santa bags yo supreme was popping at that time right so People stand in lines for Supreme still, and a lot of and uh, Supreme drop was Thursday, right? I, I believe they still do Thursdays. I don't know. I'm not into Supreme like that. So yeah, I'm not a big, I'm a not bit. a big Supreme guy. Either. And uh, then it was Thursdays, and then people would stay extra. Actually, one of the one of my customers told me recent, like maybe a year ago, he was like, "Oh, it was a big thing for me because I would go come all the way from Jersey," and he was like, "I would come from Jersey, mad far to New York, would go to uh, Supreme on Thursday." would stay over at my friend's couch to go to your pop-up on Friday because that was my opening. Did you mean to do it the day after? Honestly, it was just coincidence. I didn't even think about it like that, you know? And yeah. it just it just happened to happen that way. And then literally, literally like, uh, a lot of people that were coming from Supreme, resale, let's say, right? So for them, like, Supreme at that time, right? For them, it's like, all right, I'm going to go buy a T-shirt. I think it's like $40 or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to resell probably like for higher, right? Like $120 and make myself money, right? Yeah. And that's the whole logic behind Supreme, I guess, at that time. A resale market. And that clientele that was going to Supreme for hoodies and T-shirts, 
now they're coming to off-white pop-up, right? And they expect same thing as a streetwear. They, they think off-white, okay, hoodies and t-shirts. Oh, they think But it's they're coming be- in, they're like, oh, what the fuck is this? What, what is this skirt? I'm like, this is off-white. No, it's not off-white. This, what is this heels? It's off-white. What are these handbags? It's off-white. They're like, no, it's not off-white. It's like, where's the hoodies and t-shirts? I'm like, yo, dude, off-white is high-end brand. Yeah, it's, it's, actually, it's actually Italian brand. It's produced in Italy, you know, and uh, by uh, the whole umbrella in your guards group is Italian, you know. Yeah. And so, uh, what was the price range of like? Price range was crazy at that time because um, there was no white store at that time, not even single one in the world. Yeah, it was a first collection, right? So you so, guys were the only ones. So. so we're the first people to actually get it, and it was um, price range. I just set up crazy price, you know. I yeah. was like, yo, let's sell hoodies for like hundred forty dollars each, you know. Now we know it's off white, you know, six hundred dollars retail hoodies. Yeah, one forty is not you bad. Know, I, I would thought you were gonna. Bad. That's not bad at all. Not bad at all. Not bad at and all. And at that time, nobody even know retail prices like that because they they literally just setting up a website. It's just a new brand, you know. I think at that time retail maybe it was like I don't know four fifty, four sixty retail, and people were just going nuts, you know, buying those hoodies, reselling them, and it was crazy at that time. Um, at that time, Palm Angels, right? I had a whole section of Palm Angels. Nobody won that brand. It's like literally like everybody like, what is this trash? You know, the first collection was like inspired by like a skateboards and uh, skate skaters in Los Angeles. A lot of yellow glitter, like, you know, some college, college, like a douchebag kind of vibes. Yeah. And everybody were like, what the fuck is this brand? You know, nobody actually digged it until they started doing the fucking tracks. It was three years, three years later, you know, now Palm Angels is my second biggest brand selling brand. What's number one? All right, so number one is still off-white. I mean, now, these days, is uh, Amiri. Amiri is definitely popping on the streets now, you know? And I had Amiri, like, at my fourth pop-up in, like, 2017. That was, like, four years ago. Now Amiri is a big-ass brand, you know? Nowadays, like, uh, now they got stores. They open in New York. Yeah. In about maybe like three weeks, four weeks, I would say. It is kind of like directly based on like how many people are rapping about. You know what I mean? Like it if is. it's mentioned Definitely. in a so like I can tell like when a brand's getting bigger when like there's more it's getting mentioned more. Of course, definitely. And recipes to pop smoke. Uh yeah. when you come to the showroom, first uh first portrait you see is Pop Smoke because he shopped with us. And you can see on three seven five showroom IG, he shopped with us months and months before he died you know yeah. i actually got a lot of crazy stories you know like uh in the hip-hop industry now our clientele was broken up crazy yeah you, know? you have so many when i yeah. went back when i first looked up the place i went back and saw mm-hmm. everyone that you've had collabs with everyone you shopped there you probably also know you're you don't have to name but rappers who are fronting too when they come in and can't spend what like others are spending. So there, so there's a, there's a two segments now, you know. Right now it's 2021, right? So where we standing in 2021? Um, I I got a good ass good ass stories, man. Like some crazy cool stories. Actually, boom. Let's go straight to the biggest one, right? All right. Ride your rich. Okay, right. Rider. So ride your rich. Ride your rich pulled up like what last summer, mm-hmm. and bought about maybe like I don't know 12, 14, 16 bags with the whole team and everybody like i posted that when we posted that picture of him actually shopping you know yeah and at that time he already got the box you know he already buzzing on the radio how much everywhere. is that worth like 16 bags like 16 how bags much is retail value retail yeah. value probably would cost you like i don't know forty thousand, maybe more depending you know he bought yeah. a lot of expensive amiri jackets amiri pieces his whole team you know and the funny part about it is like i post a rider rich that he shopped like you know he spent everybody like whoa how the fuck the guy rider rich everything right <laughs> So, uh, two years 
uh, before last summer, three years ago from mm-hmm. now. Uh, I was in Brooklyn. I had a Brooklyn showroom, right? 375 showroom. That was a concept. After all these pop-ups, I already got a showroom in Brooklyn just to test it out. Yeah. Uh, and uh, one of my partners in crime, Danny, everybody know Danny, you mm-hmm. know? He's, he's probably like the biggest, uh, got the biggest presence out of my whole team, you know? He got over 10,000 10, followers now, and he's like the main sales guy, you know? He gets every, every rapper. The white dude? Yeah, the Danny. Yeah, so the, the white ginger dude. white dude? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. He's gangster. <laughs> if you look at his Instagram, I he's saw a, it. He's yeah, a, I followed, he I got money it. and all that. It's crazy, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, yeah, that's a lifestyle right now, right? So he's yeah. like the main face of our company now, mm-hmm. but he's also the main plug let's say right yeah. at that time he was mad cool with low tj like three years ago mm-hmm. and then uh at that time low tj got a got a sob show show at sobs yeah and at that time he was like then he was like oh dude like i met this little cool kid he came to new york for the first time in his life from compton he was like his name is radio rich he's got he's about he's about to be big i'm like for real he's about big he's like yeah he's about to come shop with us he's coming through in the beginning right so in the beginning uh his manager bert amazing person his whole team amazing people you know uh like they're like coming in like and bird is like hype dude you know he's like i felt like he was like fresh you know he had this feeling you know my boy's about to get signed like we're yeah. about to, you know we're about to make it so he's like coming in he's like wow like what brands you guys got so he, at that time it was three years ago so off-white was the biggest brand they're shopping off-white you know and last summer and it's been like two years already since they mm-hmm. shopped with us and we, you know, like we we tried to get get to him. It's been like back and forth. Yeah, it's been a crazy so, two years. For yeah. Him. So yeah. La- last summer when he pulled up, it was pandemic. It was pandemic. Uh, Fifty Cent working on Pop, Pop, Pop Smoke's album, and he flies flies Roger Rich out to New York, you know, and Roger Rich already for uh, whatever the album music video they got yeah. going, and Roger st- Roger, Roger staying uh, mentioned Jersey, right? So then he connected me with the Roger's manager Bird. Uh, on FaceTime, and Bird is like, yo, Z, guess what? Guess what I'm wearing? I'm like, I don't know. What you're wearing, Bird? What you wearing, OG? <laughs> he's like, he's like, I'm wearing that shirt that I bought from you two years ago, of white one. Oh, shit. Like, Time to buy a new shirt. <laughs> I'm like, bad. <laughs> like, come through. Yeah. And yeah. then he was like, yo, like, they're going to pull up tomorrow. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, you know, usually for me, it's like, now we're now we're so used to it, you know. Now we even like last night, you know, like I was still, like you know uh, I was helping to sh- uh, G Herbo was shopping with me last night, you know. Yeah. And every day somebody's shopping with us. Sometimes it might be three rappers a day, you know, or three uh, athletes a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes it can be a whole Milwaukee Bucks team, you know, and the whole bus they can pull up <laughs> and like yeah, we got to serve and like you a little by appointment, so you can shut the shop down. Yeah. Right now we we for Monday uh, all. All whole time with 375 showroom from Monday to Friday, we always buy appointment only. Mm-hmm. On the weekends, now we actually like, oh, let's general public actually come through and check us out, you know? Yeah. And we treat them just like anybody else. You know, everybody treat equally in 375 showroom, you know? And that's why I feel like people love us also because they're like, oh, like they're coming to a store. They're like, oh, these people are mad cool. Like every time I re- actually read the reviews because we do still sample sales, yeah. we still do sales. Uh, we advertise on the blogs, you know, and every time I actually on top of the reviews and actually look at the comments, actually read like, oh, what people say about us, you know, they actually uh, certain blocks give you stars. <laughs> so some sales, I got five stars. Some sales, I got three stars. That's right? important. Yeah, it's that, totally. Yeah. That was my job before any of this. I was marketing manager of like chain restaurants awesome. and shit. So I learned all that. Shit. Yeah. So as you know, like that's that's the challenging that's a challenging job, you know, because essentially like I, everybody asking me what do i do now for a living right mm-hmm. i guess i got a space 
and I guess uh, I got different brands, and I guess I always am looking for new brands, and also uh, so I use my space, I guess, to switch it up and bring experience, right? Because that's what we do here in New York, you know, what we're yeah. doing in New York. We're actually here to build a community, make friends, you know, uh, make money together, yeah. and bring experiences, right? That's and you're not stuck York. to the one brand like Supreme. Like, you can not, always be on the new I'm lookout. Not. You can stay with, like, yes. current to what's happening. And sometimes, sometimes, actually, we're ahead of a time, too. As I told you, I had Amiri jeans uh, in my pop-up four years ago, and nobody wanted them. At that time, Balmain jeans were selling. I mean, it was like, oh, like, what, what is this? You know, some skinny jeans. Yeah. So uh, now it's popping, you know. What's the next brand? Uh, and literally, like, uh, I got put on a route like two years ago, too, you know. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, this Lale brand, Ruigi Villasenor, like, he's a really dope dude, you know. And now, uh, last summer, I had a lot of route. And it was kind of like slowly selling, you know, but towards like end of summer, it started selling like crazy. Yeah. You know, one of the new brands that we actually, actually also uh, found is a Casablanca. Casablanca. Casablanca is a French brand. It's actually pretty dope too now. Um, literally like a year ago, I think the, I think three collections ago, that was their first collection. And I think they were like selling not that much, you know. Mm -hmm. It was like just new fresh brand. Now three collections later, I think they're making like twenty five million dollars a year or something like that. Wow. Yeah. And what other are there any brands that like you, like how do you find your brand? Like, are you on lookout for uh, new designers? Like, yeah. who? Uh, I always look at lookout on for the new brands. Like, obviously, like you know, magazines, blogs, every online, you know. Yeah. And somebody also tell, talks. You know, they're like, oh, like. Uh, obviously you yeah, got you're to connected in the business you so also like... got to talk to your customers too you know like customers mainly like oh do you got this brand you know oh do you got purple jeans you know right mm -hmm. now i don't have purple jeans yeah but you know the, but i would i wouldn't mind having an account with them you know if i'm gonna find a way and then there's certain brands you know i'm trying to i always like kind of like trying to find these new brands you know and uh it's a little challenging yeah definitely yeah uh, especially now in the saturated world you know like i feel like there's there's brands like there's new brand like every week you know mm -hmm. especially now in the streetwear um because this whole like streetwear culture kind of like kind of like maybe like devalued the whole industry you know a little bit be like oh yeah i can print out a t-shirt now a i can have a brand t-shirt yeah you know what i mean west side gun had a griselda he had he opened up a shop mm -hmm. in buffalo all printed on champion mm -hmm. shit. He made like a quarter million the first day off of the champion shit. I wouldn't be surprised if they actually got the champion account. Yeah. They might be actually. But even this, this was like, if you look at this shirt straight on, it's not mm -hmm. printed properly. It's printed off center. But you also got to understand like champion, right? As a brand also itself. Like champion back in the days we used to know as athletic brand. Yeah. You know, now actually. Cheap, cheap. Like, yeah, but yeah. now actually I go to their uh to their headquarters <laughs> like in Midtown. Oh, you know, yeah. and they, every year they do this whole buy buying uh events. You know? Uh shout out to Relly. You know, he is actually he actually uh is um the main guy for VAP customers, a champion, mm -hmm. Relly. And he actually uh you can check check him out on Instagram. His name is Fat Jesus. <laughs> Fat Jesus. <laughs> but he's a, but he's actually he used to be a freestyle rapper, like on MTV unplugged, like oh, everything. Yeah. Like battle rapper, you know? <laughs> yeah. But now he works for Champion and he would always invite me to their buyer events. You know, that's when event that's an event when actually they invite all of the big companies they sell to, uh distributors, you know, and they actually come and check out the new collection. And they got like you no know, models wearing their stuff, walking around, showing the new styles, maybe some new uh categories they're trying to present, mm -hmm. whether it's the shoes. Because now all of these uh streetwear brands that we knew, you know, that used to be just t shirts and hoodies, now they're trying to expand too and trying to 
they're kind of like uh, marketing to different niches, you know, whether yeah. they start doing shoes. And Jackets, I've, and I've so, noticed it's not yeah. only with a champion, it comes with a kappa. You know, I went to their headquarters, uh, showroom too. I've seen them doing the sneakers and everything, everything, you know, yeah. all different categories, women line, kids line, men's line, you know. We were talking about Purple. Purple is doing collabs with like rappers now. Like they yeah. did the West Side Gun collab. So what we're talking about now, what that, okay, they probably got to count with champion, get a lot of champion, right? And then the printing, what printing, it doesn't make it brand, you know, it's still champion t-shirt. Mm -hmm. We call it a merch merch uh we call it like artist merch you know mm -hmm. and uh and right now the most successful artist merch out of everybody is villone you know and i actually do work with villone directly too yeah what do they print on so uh villone got two two different segments right so villone got segment which is artist merch where actually artists coming in like nav all this collapse yeah, right they had pop, the pop smoke. smoke ones yeah yeah so they actually coming in and they pay you know Bari, <laughs> it's a Bari to do this collaboration, and mm -hmm. they actually they actually run it on the on the normal or on the normal tees. It's just a normal merch, you know. They just put it, it's DTG direct to, um, you know, uh, and direct to garments. Yeah. So basically, you know, like they just print out on the on, on the tees, just with designs, obviously V on the back, something on the front, mm -hmm. you know, and and they call it artist merch, and actually it's pretty cheap affordable you know i think it's like what 75 dollars t-shirt or something like and then that they resell yeah, yeah yeah and then they got a different segment because back in the days villone almost turned into a high-end brand when they did the paris fashion week and i got those pieces in the showroom too all the uh, all the only runway show they ever did i got all the pieces oh wow i bought it directly from them and they produced jeans uh jackets uh little peep was actually a model under that show too uh playboy cardi too and they had uh, uh, denim jackets, uh, jeans, you know, the whole aesthetic. Yeah. But then, obviously, you know, the whole situation happened with Bari. Yeah. Everybody knows the story, you know. Yeah. And he and got dropped. Really... He got he got dropped. You know, he got dropped from Nike deal, everything, everything. And from there, Villon basically went to merch. Now Villon is slowly approaching new era where they're actually doing a high end also. So the main line, right? It did the, come back in the past like yeah. year. Now yeah. they're doing the main line, right? And uh, well, this year. Rest in peace, games. Rest in peace, my yes. company, my company, uh, three seven five showroom is official sponsors of Yams Day twenty twenty one. You have the Yams Day shirt. This is a hidden collaboration that we did. So what we did is actually we sponsored shirt. the event. All the money went to foundation. Always Shriven Prosper Foundation is was founded by Tati Yams mom to bring awareness of uh, drug abuse. Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, the, and it's nonprofit. You know, so be, literally, we just put money into nonprofit. They entered us as a third party between uh, between a, a Lamborghini, ASAP Foundation, uh, Oak, which mm -hmm. is you know ASAP Rocky, et cetera, et cetera, and Three Seven Five Showroom. You know, so we brought it our own brands that we believe that you know upcoming brands that definitely promising. Right now, we brought Hidden, okay, which is a super big brand right now. They got about four Instagram pages, crazy, uh, uh, crazy. Uh, following it got this uh their main merch uh page is hidden.ppf and every time they drop everything sells out whether it's socks or shorts simple stuff you know mm -hmm. and they like quality is pretty good second brand we brought in was sinclair sinclair is one of those uh it's basically andrew brooks okay uh, yeah, yeah yeah it's basically one of those like you know kind of like uh, rich exclusive brands they just did drop yesterday actually super cool dope team uh tijan andrew brooks uh budo uh, and uh, third brand, we had a Psych World. It's a Zach Bia's brand. 
uh, from uh, Los Angeles. Yeah. Uh, I'm not familiar with that one. Oh, it's a pretty cool brand, actually. It's on the essence. It's kind of like high-end slash okay. streetwear. Uh, they just did the whole thing with the... Uh, oh, on the Hills, actually, did the uh, whole thing with Billie Eilish. But, uh, yeah, uh, we had a, a Sinclair, Hidden, uh, Psych World. Uh, we brought Villon in, you know. Uh, uh, when we basically entered the game, we spoke to the people from Villon. And they were like super excited about it. Barry was so excited about it, he made mad designs, you know? Yeah. So that's when we're coming back back to Villon's uh, conversation. That's when the main line comes in. Those t-shirts are totally different because they actually cut and sewn. They actually got this like, you know, like uh, like each of the tees is actually made. Mm-hmm. You know, they got like this uh, saw on, a, on, a, on the sides, making like you know, a little bit different flow yeah. uh, of the body. And uh, the printing, you know, it's much more higher end. And obviously they got this, you know, they got this... Uh, the tag, the V tag, you know. The V tag. So yeah. those tees are mainline. That's a one hundred eighty dollars tees retail, and three hundred dollars hoodies, you know. And this time, for the first time uh, ever, for Villone, for this Yams Day, we produced ashtrays, Villone ashtrays. We did sweatpants. Uh, we did hoodies, and uh, yeah, and it actually worked out pretty well, you know. How did you get um, connected with ASAP Mob? So I got connected through, uh, as I said before, when I went to LA mm-hmm. uh, with my mentor, Daryl. Daryl oh, is executive director of uh, oh, so ASAP Foundation. Yeah. yeah. But when, when, well, Daryl is actually a pretty interesting person. You definitely should uh, talk to him because, because he was one of the originators of Blow Magazine back in the days. So oh, okay. He was owner of Blow Magazine. So he was connected to and everything. Then, and then he was making uh, music videos for artists. He did a uh, he did Riga Mortis for Kendrick Lamar. Oh, wow. He's supposed to do ADHD. There was a certain situation going on. Vashti did that. Uh, he uh, did uh, one of the first ASAP Mops videos, uh, Rocky's first videos. Um, bunch of stuff you know mm-hmm. i don't want to you know what i mean yeah, i don't, yeah. don't want to release all of his, like you know review uh, re- uh kind of like expose all of his credits you no know? no totally but, he but he's worked, og yeah, yeah. he's og yeah and that's how you got connected. yeah so i met with him you know um he mentioned to me that he was like oh yeah this year we're doing yams day again but this year it's because of pandemic we're going to do a virtual one you know so if you know any sponsors we're looking for sponsors right now let us know and there were a lot of sponsors online, you know, uh, different companies. I don't want to name them because they didn't go through, mm. but they promised us for next year. And, uh, and uh, yeah, we basically did the whole Yams Day thing, virtual event. You've seen the whole, you know, like a social media uproar. Yeah. They're coming from Harlem. We actually it wasn't Harlem. It was wintertime. We actually uh, uptown and recording it all night. Yeah. I'm in the bus, you know, with produ- I'm in the production bus. <laughs> we got two buses. They got, you know, the bus where they, you've seen the video where they rap, like, yeah, you know. Yeah. Like uh, we're or as an ASAP mob, and I'm in the production. You're bus, in the production you know? bus. Exactly, I'm in the production bus with the production team, and uh, we're kind of like discussing, you know, the whole how we're gonna do it. You know, we from merch uh, to a website. We had to build a website uh, to after distribution. You know, where it's gonna go, which city is gonna go, how we're gonna sell in Asia. You know, because right now we're doing another round. It's sold. It's sold on the. Uh, Hong Kong website called HBX. It's a super big website. Yeah. So now they're doing another round of uh, Yams Day merch, you know, on the HBX. What was the first pop-up you did at your showroom, like rap, rapper pop-up? Uh, so first rapper pop-up I ever did was three, four years ago when A Boogie released his album. I got a deal uh, to do A Boogie's pop-up. Uh, uh, his merch, you know, Highbridge. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, actually, it's on my, it's on our Instagram too. If you're gonna go all the way to the bottom, and that was a little bit crazy, you know. Obviously, it's a little bit different uh, crowd. His crowd, I don't know about now, but at that time, his crowd was like a lot of teenagers. Yeah. So they literally like came through to my Brooklyn spot, bombarded the hallway. Was like a lot of kids, you know, <laughs> waiting for him. Because he know? was like a pop star at that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He walked in from the back, and everybody started screaming like, "Whoa!" We got a video of that too. They're like, "Whoa!" Start singing his songs, <laughs> everything, and coming in, buying his merch, taking pictures with him, et cetera, et cetera. You know. And uh, yeah, that was my first artist pop up, but that was first artist pop up at three seven five showroom, because uh, a certain point of time, I would say like two summers ago, mm -hmm. I was uh, I, st I started getting hired outside of three seven five showroom to do certain stuff, you know, uh, for rappers, and I did the whole pop up for Deep Set. Oh, that's yeah. fucking awesome! Two summers ago, I did a Deep Set pop up. That's awesome. Um, I met up, you know, with the main uh, with the main merch guy. Mm -hmm. uh, BB, he's also one of the OGs. He connected with Cameron, and he runs Deepset Couture, which is the one of the new lines for Deepset. They they did. If you're gonna go on the website, it's like a lot of tracksuits. They actually kind of like tried to expand to high end also. Yeah. So they started doing tracksuits, and then whatever they were doing, you know, like whether it's a, you know, bath curtains. <laughs> if you whatever. Because Deepset had kind of like a resurgence. Deepset had was a is is amazing piece. You know, yeah. they actually redid the whole branding. You know. And they also had to take out, uh, you know, the whole eagle, the emblem. They had to take out the guns <laughs> because of the whole thing. You know, they did yeah. collaborate. They did collab with Knicks, as as you see. Oh, and you had to get rid of the guns. You got you got to get rid of guns and stuff like that. So uh, at that time, they had like a, one of the new guys that was like, oh yeah, I want to launch the whole new collection. You know, mm -hmm. uh, designed by D. Bruce. If you if you check him on Instagram, it's one of the guys that does all of the hip hop like a vintage cheese, like a vintage looking cheese, you know, with the yeah. gold and like you know says it, like whatever it is, the artist name, you know, one of those like vintage shit. But yeah, he like does the the new old. ones. So we did the whole thing. Um, we did Joel's, uh, Jim Jones, Cameron, you know, and uh, obviously Gypsy Couture, you know, was more affiliated with the Cam, so they actually flew Cameron out too for the pop up. You know, I uh, basically they hired me to do to the video, you know, to the video promo, uh, get the models, go to Harlem. Actually, Cameron gave us some addresses. I met some of us with some of members of his family. I met uh, uh, Tito Poppins. Uh, I believe he's a, one of his relatives, owner of the uh, of the laundromat there. Yeah. And I came to, to laundromat. They showed me their family pictures, everything on the wall. <laughs> uh, we literally like shot everything there. Uh, shot a lot of like segments in Harlem, did a photo shoot, uh, started the promo role, and I found a space. I rented it out. Uh, we did a we did a uh, got a sponsorship from Bel Air, super dope brand, you know, champagne. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, and we did a pop up, and I hired the DJs, everything. So you do like you're good at like you do you have, have you ever tried designing yourself like? Uh, I'm trying to avoid it, you know. Um, you you sound like you have a lot on your plate already. You're a busy guy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it does. I don't know. Like, it's like, again, right? What are we doing in New York, right? Mm -hmm. Like, building community, making friends, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, build experience, bring experience to people, right? Uh, because that's what we're here for in New York, you yeah. know, to experience stuff. And, uh... Essential build your own brand, right? 
if you're like actually in the public eye, you know? Yeah. So 375 Showroom, we did certain collaborations, you know, just as a name. Like, so I did like little designs, but not a big deal, you know? I'm not really like into it as much. I will try to do more this year. Uh, actually, during the pandemic, uh, I was hanging out a lot, a lot in the school bar called Boys Don't Cry. And uh, they were actually a little bit struggling with business during pandemic. And I was like, hey, you know what? Let's do collaboration on hats, you know? Boys Don't Cry, 375 Showroom, 375 Boys. You know, so I did yeah. the whole, we did the whole roll, uh, got, you know, the high-end caps, uh, sold them out, sold like 200 pieces probably in a week. And, you know, split the money, little money went for them for rent, stuff like that, whatever they had to spend it on. And um, for me, that was like a first collab that was more like a genuine yeah. to help friends out, you know, that's for their cool. business. Yeah. So for me, it was like, oh, okay, that's cool, you know, like that's more like a... I'm like, okay, now I'm doing something, you know? Because everybody is always like trying to be like, oh, do collaboration with Deepset, you know? Why don't you do collaboration with Deepset? Why don't you do this, you know? Mm -hmm. I was like, but what's the function of it, you know? Like, obviously, exposure is good, but it's like, but what are we doing in terms of this whole merch situation? And how can we actually help out, you know, each other? Did you think you were going to end up, like, you said you loved fashion. Like, did you think this is going to be, this was going to be what your future was like? Not at all. Uh, my mom didn't expect it. My dad didn't expect it. Now, like, you know, they're like really proud of me. They're like, oh, yeah, my son working in fashion, you know. <laughs> but like, at first it was. And first it was it was whack, you know. And first it was like, obviously, you know, you're just a salesperson. You're trying to come up with a dollar. You're trying to, you know, kind of like get yourself together. Yeah. You know, especially after college, you know, everybody trying to get themselves to kind of like find themselves after college. I, you know? I understand. I'm not making money off this yet. Mm -hmm. I'm just grinding. I'm I'm still in that stage, you know, I like, feel you. Yeah. How old are you? 23. Wow. What I the know. Hell? Yo, dude, that's <laughs> exactly. Uh, trust me, man. Like, uh, that's exactly when I started kind of like 23. That's when I start figuring my shit out. You know, I think I just figured my shit out like at like 25, 26, you know. Kind of, kind yeah. of. Yeah, no, but I. But it's, it's gonna. It takes time. It takes time. Yeah. You know. Now I'm 30 years old. You know. So now. And you're starting to get your shit together. And now it's you funny. Know? Now, now actually we're talking all these stories, and now actually I'm I'm realizing how fucking old I am, and uh, not that, but it's everybody still saying you know you're just everyone 30, still thinks you, but you're exactly. you created that what I bet a lot of people would want in your position at exactly, 30. and that's where uh, and that's where actually. We turn on the AC. Thanks. And that's why it's kind of like interesting to me too, because now I'm reflecting to the times when Supreme and the streetwear and resale was big, right? At that time when they were coming to my pop-up, uh, a lot of those people actually didn't like me, you know, because they were like, oh, who the, who the hell this kid thinks he is, you know, they, yeah. without actually knowing my background, knowing that actually, you know, I was going around in music and stuff like that. Nobody knew that. Everybody were like, oh, everybody were looking at it like, oh, we're resellers. We're standing in lines for this shit. We're fighting for to resell t-shirts, <laughs> stuff yeah. like that. You know, we know each other. That's our community. And now you enter in our community. So a lot of people felt offended about it in the beginning. You know, so that's why. And now if, you're getting the respect. Exactly. Now yeah. I feel like, because back in the days, I told you like Grail, that article about me on Grail still exists. But if you look at the comments, they're kind of like negative, you know, because at that time people were confused. People kind of confused of who I am. People were confused with my brand. And people were confused what's going on with the fashion industry at that time. Yeah. You know, like all the off-white being high-end. People are super confused at that time, you know. But now, we're looking at it six, seven years later. I'm 30 years old, right? It's like 
dude, like now everything makes sense. You know, everything like, wow, like <laughs> industry actually changed, you know? That's... Supreme doesn't resell as much, you know? <laughs> yeah. Now everybody want to wear high-end stuff, you know? you know? I heard that I heard that last couple drops on Palace, there's no line, you know? People just come in and buy stuff, you know? Yeah. And uh, it's an interesting situation you because... You stuck to your shit. Exactly. That's something and... good to hear because like... Yeah. And I, I hope I don't get that, but I feel like people probably think that stepping into the rap game, like interviewing yeah. the people, like who yeah. is this comedian from? Oh, and also, of course, and also it's, about, it's also about race, right? Yeah. Like also too. I know, yeah. Exactly. I'm a, I'm, like, I know what I sound like. I know what I look like. Exactly. I, like, you know, exactly. like. And same with me, you know, like yeah. being, a, being an Asian, like, you know, it's kind of like a little bit, a little bit confusing because, uh, because as Asians, we kind of like, I believe that as Asians, we're kind of like more fluid mm -hmm. towards the style. If you look at my Instagram, I've been changing my style every year, you know. But now, as a thirty years old, year old, I like I kind of like found myself. I believe I found myself, you know, kind of like. Uh, and now I can actually, now I can actually dictate and actually suggest people, like you know, what to wear, how to style it, you know, mm -hmm. because now I've I, because I've seen so so many changes in the fashion industry. When back in the days, it used to be darks all dark stuff i used to wear all black you know recalls and all that stuff yeah five six years ago you ever go into that like heavy leather the big like yeah i had all of it man <laughs> i had like julius seven boots from japan you know size two <laughs> like like a uh, twelve hundred dollar you know like yeah. twelve hundred dollars balenciaga dark wallet you know and now i like more like colors and stuff like that obviously obviously this whole pandemic experience right pandemic experience uh was pretty interesting because i feel like it taught us a lot as a humans and our fucked up priorities, yeah. <laughs> which means, uh, you know, obviously, like, you know, everybody were discussing fashion during pandemic, right? Mm -hmm. Now everybody buying, like, you know, pajamas. I'm staying indoors, you know? Yeah. And uh, people couldn't get haircuts. <laughs> people get, you know what I mean? Yeah. People were, like, looking all kind of grimy, you know, <laughs> in the cribs. Like, and people started losing mentally, you know? As soon as the pandemic was over, everybody started going out and, sh and like, and buying clothes. You know, everybody want to look good. Everybody want to feel good. Remember when pandemic was over and, well, like, you know, like that stage of pandemic yeah, exactly, was over. Yeah. And uh, and the barbershops were full. Like they were overbooked for like two, three weeks. You yeah, know what I mean? no one had gotten their haircut. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, but you had stuck through it, you know, like exactly. But once it was over, was it hard for you as a business still or were you still doing stuff? So our that? challenge was uh, interesting because. During pandemic, I feel like a lot of businesses were kind of like challenged, like, okay, uh, damn, like, what should I do? You know, like, mm -hmm. should I focus on online? I actually did a uh, Instagram sale and it was pretty successful. Yeah. It was like three hour session with the 15 minute breaks in between with the guest appearances, oh, you know, for, yeah, requests yeah. and all yeah. that stuff to get followers. Well, you did PR, you know yeah. how to market, like exactly. marketing is such a big and, part of and that. And we shit. just, we killed that. It was crazy ass sale. We did for like three days in a row, I think like two days, you know, yeah. on, on Instagram. And we were literally like shipping packages out, you know? And at some point of uh, some, some stage of pandemic, I was literally coming, coming to, coming to showroom. And you cannot be inside like that because, yeah. you know, obviously cops are cruising, they're checking, right, yeah. you know, and I know seven percent pretty well. Like I'm in the community, you know, mm -hmm. I'm, uh, I go to community meetings, everything. Oh, so and, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, so thanks God I was in community. So they let me be in my office and actually prepare my packages, go to USPS, stand in line, ship them out. That's I will go to showroom like three times a week, you know, just to ship it, just, just to ship the packages at some point. And then, and then all of a sudden, like, I feel like artists they mm -hmm. kind of like st stop being scared 
and start being outside, you yeah. know? So one of my customers that came from my appointment uh, at the at the end, like at the end of pandemic stage, uh, was Chef G and Sleepy Hollow. Oh yeah. They were like, they were like, oh, we got to pull up, you know, like we got to pull up, we got to buy a drip. Literally, they pulled up both of them, and the whole winter circle. Shout out to them, you know, and uh, they actually pulled up and they shop and they spend, you know, and they've been actually buying every week. Really. You know, every week they've been buying something new, and because they they just signed Sleepy Hollow, mm -hmm. they just got Eli Frost. You know, Chef G is a big artist already. Yeah. You know, he, I think he just about to drop his first, like, official album. Yeah, Sleepy Hollow just dropped a project. Sleepy Hollow dropped a dope project. Yeah. And, and literally, like, they got to make, they got to make videos. They got to make, they got to get a content out. They got to be on a roll. So they need to shop. They're obligated, you know? It's like, it's like a big thing for them, you know? Yeah. They just signed. And that, and I see it all the time, you know? Uh, who's balled out the most in your store? Has has who's ball? I know you said the Rowdy Rich. Who's Rowdy balled Rich, out definitely. the most? Has there been one person who's just like, God damn? It all depends though, because like you, okay, like so everybody looking at this like that, right? Instagram is like one life, right? Yeah. Instagram is like, oh, I'm. He, they made a post of McMill. McMill was there that time, but nobody knows behind the scenes. Nobody knows that McMill pulls out four times a week sometimes. Yeah. Last week he literally pulled out four times a week. Like back to back to back, <laughs> like nonstop, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, three days ago, he stopped by a showroom, try on the fit. He was like, "Look at the wa clock watch." He was like, "Oh, I got to go." He he dropped his, he actually left his Supreme Air Force One 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 shoe <laughs> in the basement it? and just like and put other shoes and just like dip to the game <laughs> to the basketball shoe? game. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know how you leave one. <laughs> no, shoe. My, but yeah, but he got yeah. to pick. He still he still, he still got to pick it up. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> but but you know what I mean? Like and then like. When Jeherba just found out about us, mm -hmm. about us, first week he was coming three, three, four times a week too. Uh, my me, my first uh, celebrity customer, yeah, that upscale vandal brought to me on my first pop up was Fab, fabulous, you know, yeah. And that was like probably like only time he shopped with me, and then maybe he came to my like third pop up, mm -hmm. but since then we've never been connected like that, you know. Now yeah. Fab, maybe since starting like five six months ago now he's coming in constantly and we're trying to and he's a pretty challenging person he doesn't have no stylist he literally like pick up the fits and the and the themes do most people have himself. stylists a lot of people have stylists it all depends though you know it yeah. all depends who you sign for whether it's a label whether it's a project you know labels will force people to like you have to dress this way there's a certain ways no it's not about that it's about okay i'm gonna give, give you a good example right I styled Jim Jones for Drip, drip Report, mm -hmm. seven fits in a row. You know what I mean? Does he have a stylist? Ah, it's a revolt? Yes. Yeah. They got budget? Yes. You know? Uh, uh, does Jim Jones have a stylist? Yes. You know? Yeah. So that's once again, you know, it's, it's there's kind of like middle ground, you know? No, Some course. people have stylists. Some people, like, for his music videos, Jim prefers to shop himself. He likes to shop. He... He's a hoarder, like yeah, he wants and to. he and he 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 got drip, you know what I mean? Like even now he got drip. Actually, just because I know Jones people, fan. I love Jim. I I, love I Jim know Jones. people who have like signed three sixty deals, yep. and then they're like, you have to dress this, like you have to be oh, a character. Okay, now I got it. Now I got a question. Okay, um, I'm now I got a thing. Uh, so certain, it all depends on the on the person, right? Mm -hmm. So that's one of the segments that I do styling, right? Yeah. So that segment is really important too. 
because it's a perception. Style is a perception of the person because people don't see you on an everyday basis. They watch the music videos, right? Yeah. So let's say you sign a deal. I see a lot of rappers that sign a deal. Now they got to buy cars. Now they got to buy jewelry. Now they got First to time be I'm getting out. a check, I'm going to make you style. They, got, they have to dress apart, yeah. you know? Because money bring money, you know? Yeah, totally. So, uh, so... Uh, so it it's all depends on the personality, depends on the age, and depends on the demographic. I'm going to give you a good example. Low TJ, right? Mm-hmm. Low TJ right now is buzzing. He got a young demographic. They love him. Uh, and and he's young himself. So that gives gives him limitations. And he's from Bronx, from, uh, you know, from harsh part of New York. Yeah. So now it brings him to, to limitations. He cannot be too pro high in fashion. He cannot wear recons, let's say. He cannot wear drop crotch uh, pants because his demographic will not understand it. Mm-hmm. He got to wear Amiri jeans with Dior, Dior B22 sneakers with a, you know, with the bomber, bombers, drive Bentley truck, you know? So that's a perception, you know? And he got to live part. But then as the, as the artist is growing, his demographic is also getting older, you know? And they're getting older, they're getting more mature, and as you as a person got to mature also, you know, it's like you're looking at all those old school rappers like Jim Jones, you know, mm-hmm. he doesn't wear skinny jeans. He says like, no matter how popular Amiri's are, yeah, he's never going to wear skinny jeans. He's going to wear Amiri jacket, but his jeans going to be a little bit more, more loose, you know, because just because he's OG and he's like, it's just, it's just not him now, you know? Yeah. So, so that's why, as I said, like, you know, his demographic. If you wear skinny jeans, everybody would laugh at him. His own own people would laugh at him, you mm-hmm. know. So that's a that's a, that's what that's a part of a styling, you know. You gotta look at the per- personality, you know. If he's gangster, he got to wear a certain certain way, you know. Like now we got the whole wave of rappers coming from Brooklyn, you know, the whole drill scene, like a lot of uh, you know a lot of blue bandanas, you know, like and that that ain't no secret, you know. Yeah. I sell a lot of blue pieces, you know? Yeah. And, you know, and we know a lot of people from Brooklyn, and we're proud of it, you know, because that's where we 375 showroom started in Brooklyn, you know? Um, and I used to live in Brooklyn. I paid a lot of respect to, uh, you know, to Flatbush, East 21st, you know, like, it's a dope scene out there. And now we see, like, you know, Bobby, Bobby Schmurder, yeah. you know, Canarsie, the whole Pop Smoke, you know? It's totally a different scene now. I feel like New York is definitely coming back in the hip hop. It really slowly, is. You know, yeah. what Chef G and Sleepy Hollow did in Britain is like, it's crazy. You know, I don't know if you've seen those freestyles. Yeah, well, even what Griselda did out of Buffalo. Like, Griselda is crazy. Crazy. Griselda is, um, it's so funny because, you know, like, Ben the Butcher, he doesn't even have a million followers. But you see, but when you came to the pop-up, you could see the following he has. I was know? there since six in the morning. Like, there's exactly. a reason I do that. Like, exactly. Yeah. But you see the energy and you see the crowd, and the crowd is super respectful. Miami, like, you know, we had a lot of people there. Not even one single piece was stolen, you know? Yeah. Super respectful. You see the flow, you know? And we do a lot of pop-ups, dude. And that's why now it comes to, like, curation, partnership, just like styling, you know? Now I got to look at my brand and be like, oh, who should I collaborate with? Uh, and what actually speaks like okay this is 375 showroom yeah so benny the butcher was 375 showroom you know and you're seeing after he finished with his meet and greet he's still shopped because we do have a drip yeah. you know and he is you know he is up there yeah of course and, he's and, gonna and that's why it's like you can see like 
so now now I'm thinking about like you know brand development you know who actually like shops what makes sense you know and what doesn't make sense you know there are certain brands I don't want I cannot carry like mm -hmm. simply you know every day I got a lot of emails and different brands trying to reach out and trying to get on the racks next to Off-White next to uh, Casablanca next to Rude next right. to Amiri but like I got to look at the at the brand I got to look what it represents you know I got to look uh, longevity of it you know because if, if it's simply simply the guy that thinks like yo I'm gonna take t-shirts I'm gonna put in, put my branding on it and now I got a brand but he doesn't have a vision longer than that then it's like it's not really a brand you know and yeah. I cannot really put it in there so that's why you, you have know, to have a vision. But. Of course, yeah. But there's a lot of cool streetwear brands that actually do work Like you had Spider, you were showing, you know. Spider is high-end brand. Yeah. It's actually, I believe, British or something like that. It's Young Thug's brand. Yeah. But it's high-end. He got the runway shows. But there's a lot of cool streetwear brands, you know. Like, and he came in the whole weird, like the Lil Uzis and the Playboys and the Young Thugs. Like this yeah. strange style. Not strange style. but He's like, from Atlanta. Yeah. You know, we here from New York, like we're a little bit different. We're more like, a, you know, like we see brands, we see Soho, we see the displays, you know, we see people dressed up like, you know, like I just <laughs> like every time I go to L.A., it kind of reminds me, you know, like what New York is, you know, in terms of fashion style, like, you know, sense. Yeah. L.A. is a little bit, a little bit behind, you know, Miami, same vibes, you know, Miami is like a reggaeton colors, you know, and New York, we actually like pro fashion. You can be you can wear all black and then you can wear all streetwear or you can you, you like you never see this kind of situations happening anywhere else in the world you know yeah. literally like where i'm from like third country you know kazakhstan my city almaty like everybody is like super conservative you know everybody dresses like you know like uh ladies wear heels you know you got to wear shoes you cannot have tattoos you know in new york you literally like build yourself you know you first you find yourself then you build yourself you know and then some people say, like, you know, you limit yourself, but I don't think so, you know, because I think it's just like you kind of like build yourself and find the right direction and just grow from there, you know? Yeah. And uh, you've been able to do that. Uh, gladly. Yeah. Gladly. I've been able to do it, you know, and uh, uh, and everybody asking like, oh, like how how you keep doing it, you know, like nonstop, because certain weeks I work seven days a week, you know. Like you can find me in the showroom seven days a week. It's passion. I mean, I don't want to speak for yeah, you, but, but they're like, like, "What? Why are you doing this, right?" And I'm like, "Dude, like, it's constant growth, you know. Like, I wanna, like, I want, I, I wanna keep seeing like new brands. Like, you know, I wanna, I wanna learn something new, you know. I wanna, I just, I just like creative shit, man. You know? I wanna keep having these conversations. I wanna be able to talk to exactly. you. I, like, I don't. Exactly. If I stop, then I'm not gonna be able to have a conversation mm -hmm. like this. It's you gotta yeah. keep going because." You got to follow your passions. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, it's um, it's a part of growth, you know. And that's another reason why we're in New York, right? You yeah. want some? Yeah, I'll have some. Yeah, let's have some. Do you want some? Uh, Even though I had a crazy night last night, but, <laughs> you know. And I appreciate your time. Nah, no problem, man. You actually Thank caught you. me at the right time, you know. And this week is kind of like crazy. <laughs> literally yesterday had meetings all day back and forth uh today i'm here uh kind of got day off a little bit you know yeah uh, and uh tomorrow again like me meetings and stuff well thank you very much i mean we'll we'll finish this and talk but thank you for we'll turn the microphones off thank okay. you for doing this man no no I really problem appreciate man it. no no i always Cheers. always looking forward you know as you said we here in new york trying to make friends yeah. build a community 
the second, build a brand, you know, build yourself. The second I get a check, I'm going to come to your place and I'm going to have <laughs> you style me. <laughs> gotcha, man. And and, no. uh, and even and even if not, you know what I mean. Like whatever, whenever I do like certain projects. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna take care of my people, man. Thank you. I really you know? everyone go check out the three set. What's your social media and shit? Uh, mine is Z from three seven five. Three seven five showroom is us. Shout out to Danny K H. You know, that's what's my, your that's my address man. now? Your thirty six Ludlow Street. But don't don't just pull up though. You know, you don't got to DM up. us. You got to set up on the, your appointments. It's you better have simple. your money straight. Money is, is <laughs> it, money is not important, you know. Like I got, I got a lot of people just coming and just to check out what's new, what's what's going on, you know. Like that's why it's like that's why people don't get it twisted, you know. Because once you like, oh, you got sent up an appointment, some people get intimidated, you know. Yeah. But once you come to the showroom and actually talk to us and talk to talk to my team, you see, like we're not pressing you to buy shit, you know what I mean? Yeah. We're not like one of the stores where you come in and like people be like. And there's like a salespeople on your ass trying to sell you like, oh, what you need? What size you need? You know, we here is like, yo, you need some help? Let us know, you know? So that's your simplified showroom. That's our approach, you know? Um, there's a lot of upcoming projects. Definitely follow Instagram, you know? Oh, yeah. It, it Do you have stop. any other pop-ups or collabs uh, coming soon? I'm doing Rolling Loud Miami, end of July, ten, uh, five-day pop-up. We do a bunch of collaborations. We do uh, collabs with a... Uh, I cannot reveal that. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot see. say that. Yeah, follow him on social media. Yeah, you'll see that shit, end, of, end of July, rolling out Miami, pull out to Miami. We're bringing New York to Miami. Mm. We're not coming to Miami to make Miami experience. We're coming to Miami to bring New York experience. You know, and obviously rolling out October. You know, like New York. That's yeah. gonna be big. <laughs> Smokers Club. There's so many good Smokers Club. We will see. You know, we'll see. Dizza, call me. <laughs> man, thank, <laughs> thank you for coming on. Yeah, always, bro. Stay All right, up, man. Peace.